Thank you. No, I, I got to say, that was such a dad joke, what you just sent me. That was a dad joke. Well, what, tell, 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 tell the listening audience of four uh, plus our, uh, our 18,000 uh, subscribers who don't speak English what the joke was. The joke was I was running a bit late, so I sent you a text saying two minutes, to which you responded, that's a long time. I usually go only go for about a minute. And then you added maybe 45 seconds. So you doubled down on the dad joke. I don't even know why that, that was funny when I was being serious. <laughs> there was no there was no joke. That's a, good, that's a good save. That's a good save. You think just because I'm a dad, I make corny jokes. Now, the, <laughs> the headline of the email I just sent you that uh, had to do with our start time, I thought might have been considered a bit dead because... Oh, you know, I didn't even notice that. You asked me if we were going to be recording today at uh, 6 p.m. Amsterdam time, 11 p.m. Central. That's right. And then 5 a.m. in Samoa I on Wednesday. Yeah, I responded wow. back to that or 12 p.m. Eastern, which you, of course, had to reply back, <laughs> 10 a.m. Mountain. But I couldn't let it go. No, so I didn't. sent an email saying, or 5 a.m. <laughs> in Samoa on Wednesday. Does that blow your mind? That blows my mind because it's, it's probably true. You researched this. Did you research it? How did you do it? <clears throat> I just always know the time in Samoa. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you and Marlon Brando. That's great. <laughs> I think you can't consider yourself a world traveler unless you uh, are good with knowing what time it is in different parts of the world. That's true. That's no, true. The, very important. The, the truth is I actually forgot exactly what countries were like on the international timeline or close to it. Um, yeah. So I just started putting in like, what time is it in places that I thought were close? Um, yeah. And it seemed like Samoa hit it. Samoa hit it right on the head. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually getting... I'm getting a, yeah. uh, a a quick message from our live subscriber, um, but I don't like the Samoan Girl Scout cookies. I, I don't even get that. Is there a Girl Scout cookie called the Samoan? Uh, yes, there is. There is. Is there, that? Uh... But is that? I don't know if that in modern America <laughs> that would be allowed. Yeah, it's amazing how you didn't know that, and yet the the, the our listener who texted you knew that. That's amazing. Yeah, and according to our metrics, we do have a listener in Samoa, but not this person. Not sure um, they have some weird emoticon, and they seem to be writing from Kyrgyzstan, which uh, yeah. right right now is uh, only <laughs> 11 p.m., so not bad. Oh, man, good times in Kyrgyzstan. Did you, you didn't go there on your world trip, did you? I didn't because they have too many continents that come together. Yeah, there are a lot of continents. It's true. It's, it's like a Welsh problem. Con con I, I, continents and continents. <clears throat> yeah, I think when you have too many continents, uh, English speakers should not be traveling there because you're bound to get in trouble or kidnapped. Yeah, I think that's also kind. Of, isn't that where like Europe meets Asia? So it's also a lot of continents coming together. Hence the name Caucasian. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. The original Caucasian. I, you know, I think not the white... not the typical Caucasian that you'd expect. Like a very different type of Caucasian. <laughs> very different. But, you know, you're familiar with these circles, the, the progressive circles of uh, the white Western world, uh, which, you know, are abundant in, you know, the north side of Chicago, as they are in parts of Manhattan and Brooklyn and throughout big cities in America. There is, I think, a feeling that's rising amongst the, uh, the white urban upper middle class of 
not feeling special anymore, right? Like feeling mm. a bit like, uh, you know, I think there's an overwhelming amount of guilt and at the same time feeling like, oh shit, like we, are we part of the problem, you know? And like yeah. realizing that everyone else around you is trying to be different, but really they're pretty much just like you. Yeah. I have a proposal for all of those people, almost none of whom are our listeners, uh, that they should start bragging about the fact that they're Caucasian. That's right. Because that's diversity right there. You're no that's longer diversity, white. Exactly. You're fucking, you're an Asian, man. Yeah, you're Caucasian. You're Caucasian. Um, so, so universities yeah. are not only discriminating against accepting Asians, but they are also accepting uh, the Caucasian in high numbers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're kind of at the at the center, the the eye of the hurricane, where you you reside, where you live. It seems like everyone is very, very. I don't know. From afar, it seems like everyone is very tense. Do you feel that's the case? Are people more tense because of all this change and and guilt? Are you referring to uh, the United States, Chicago, my neighborhood in Chicago? Uh, I'm referring to living relatively close to a Trader Joe's. I would say that's the eye of the hurricane anyway. <laughs> uh, or my particular neighborhood, which is, uh, we, for those that are not familiar, which would probably be most of our audience, throughout the pandemic, you've been able to gauge how progressive a portion of America is by how many people wear masks at any given time. Right. And until recently in our neighborhood, people would wear them on the street to walk their dog. I'd see people come out on their front porch with a mask on. Um, so that's how left wing this neighborhood is. Right. Um, and so, that ha- you say that's until recently. Now people are a bit more relaxed about uh, it. It seems that the street walkers in the sense of those that were wearing the masks, that's subsiding. I don't see as many walking on the street uh, with their masks. Um, but otherwise, uh, I feel like the fear is dropping, but it's, it's still somewhat high in in this neighborhood, whereas other parts of the city, the bars are packed and, uh, I, I, you know, you don't even know there's a a pandemic that's still out there. So back to your question, what exactly do you want to know about this neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) and my, uh, my feelings? Um, nothing really. I thought I would, uh, trigger you. I'm not that interested. <laughs> I, I, what, what is your neighborhood of Amsterdam like? Do you, do you feel that uh, you also have similar, uh, very progressive people who, uh, you know, want to tell you uh, how to live your life? Um, I had a, uh, did I tell you about, I, I forget if I used this uh, story already in the, I went to a concert a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if it was just if I had mentioned the story in the, in the previous episode. Was it the David Hasselhoff but, one? It was, uh, it was not a David Hasselhoff. <coughs> I, uh, I met, uh, I, I, I was walking in my neighborhood and there's a beautiful church there. You've seen okay. it uh, when you were visiting. And um, it's a beautiful old church. And I was, I was just going for a walk in the evening and I came back and I saw, I saw a line outside of the church. And I, I remembered that this church sometimes has uh, free classical music concerts. So I, I stood in line and right next to me, yeah, we did, we did speak about this. I remember, yes, but um, we did speak about this in the last episode. So the, the full story is there. Maybe add a link in the chat. The point 
of the story is that I, I was talking to this girl and then she was saying, you know, how much she, she likes the neighborhood except for all the murders. Oh yes. This is the girl that yeah. you stalked and then you ran into her yeah. again in the grocery store. Okay. Yeah. So flash forward. Are you, are you now dating? <laughs> no, you know, I, I haven't seen her since. So <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, but I think, uh, I think that's an interesting uh, uh, description of the neighborhood. Like it's uh, like all of, Amsterdam, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's, uh, you know, everything's quite, quite expensive here in terms of real estate, just like, the, you know, the rest of the world, I guess. But, uh, but this neighborhood still has a lot of social housing. So because of that, there's a, there's a good mixture of, of, of different, uh, uh, different parts of society here. Now, what is social housing? <laughs> God bless uh, excuse you. me, social <laughs> Woo. Uh, social housing is make sure um, you sanitize your mic please i'll do that thank you uh social housing is uh is uh basically everyone in uh, the netherlands in this uh, uh post uh welfare state uh country um uh is entitled to sign up for social housing uh assuming you earn under a certain amount of money and that okay. amount by the way is not um I, I, I'm not quite sure what the exact number is, but it's it's not for the poor. It's also for the middle class. So uh, so it means that when you're about 18, you can sign up with social housing, and there's a long, long wait about I think 14 years or so uh, for uh, let's say a place like Amsterdam. Okay. But after about 14 years of being on the list, and during that time, you might be in student housing, you might live abroad, you might find all all types of solutions. But after about 14 years, you are suddenly at the front of the list, and you can uh, uh, you can get these apartments for a relatively low amount. It's about half the price of what they cost in the in the private sector. Yeah, which the is free market, crazy. as we like to call it, the free market. Yeah, so it's a big it's a game changer for a lot of people who let's say cannot afford to buy a place. They can at least live in a place that's somewhat affordable. Now, how long can you stay in these places for? Is there a time limit? Forever. It's forever. They're owned, mostly they're owned by, uh, uh, there's like, I don't know, five or six housing corporations in uh, Amsterdam and there's many in the Netherlands. Uh -huh. And these are corporations that, you know, they'll build entire blocks, blocks and blocks, and they own a lot of apartments. Uh, and uh, they've been running this thing for, I don't know, 50, 60 years, they're very regulated. Um, and so, and they're constantly renewing their offering. So there's for every like bunch of modern apartments that are built, a couple are saved as social housing. Usually at least that was maybe, maybe the rules have changed recently, but I don't know, but, but up until recently, at least this was the fact. So there's a lot, there's thousands and thousands of social housing apartments in the city. You know, Chicago requires the same of new developments, but uh, you'd, yeah. be hard, you'd be hard-pressed to notice it in many neighborhoods that um, right. those buildings have their, like, 20% set aside for uh, low income. Now, if you, could if you could travel back in time, how far? which housing, which, uh, as far as you want, which housing project would you like to visit that doesn't exist anymore? Oh, probably Pompeii. The, yeah, that the, was a great the, project. The, the, the rent the, was good the, there. The lakes, the lakes of Pompeii. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. Oh, to, good one. It'd be cool to get there right, right before they got embalmed. Um, yeah, 
just to be part of the the the, the party and the chaos. Um, yes. Which housing project would I go to? Cabrini Green. You know the stories of Cabrini Green. I probably like all housing projects where when it was built, it was like this beautiful place that was really bringing um, some kind of social equity and uh, was really well run. And then you know it fell apart. But yeah, I don't know. I think. I don't, I'd like to be in a squat. You guys have you guys have more squats in, in Western Europe than really exist in the States. Oh yeah. That's I'd true. like to be in a squat of like uh like a mansion. I think you took me to a party once in a squat. I did. Of a, I did. Of a fairly a nice house in a nice neighborhood. And I, yeah, I, was, I, I I love the idea of those kind of neighbors forced to live with <laughs> squatters uh between them. Yeah. And especially because it wasn't like a racial thing. If I recall, most of the squatters were also like of like the white or, you know, transplanted middle classes. Um, yeah. They were just right. a little bit more derelict. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, a very cold winter day. I remember cycling there with you and, uh, and it was, it wasn't, it was a great example of a squat because it was basically like those, the, uh, the rules also change on squats. So they're actually a lot, it's a lot more difficult now to squat places uh, than it used to be. But what? So um, refresh my memory because I thought it was basically if a, if a house is abandoned and no one is renting it, living in it for what was it more yeah. than a year or something? People something can, like that. Yeah. If there was no, nothing, it, if it wasn't being used, I think for about a year or so, and you could somehow prove it, you would uh, note. You would actually notify the police that you are going to break in there. Okay. And when you do, you have to bring in like, oh, I think it was like a chair, a lamp, and maybe a bed or, or sofa. I forget the exact thing, but like three symbolic things that basically say, I live here now. The police will register it. They will not interfere with you breaking in. <laughs> Wait, they will actually go back register for, this. Let's go back for a second. What do you think the three symbolic things showing that you live there are? <laughs> um, uh, three dildos. Actually, it's been changed to three giant dildos. I think it's uh, I think it's like what I said. I think it's like a lamp, a table, and a chair, maybe. I think that those are the three things. That, so basically three things like you can that. find in the alley that the neighbor is throwing out. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, no one's checking the symbolic. The, I mean, the reality is if you're doing that, you are actually going to try to live in this place. You're not. There's no other reason why you would break into that place. So... Uh, so those are very symbolic and I don't even know if this is something that anyone really checks because ultimately people do live there. And, uh, I've heard amazing stories like, uh, throughout my time here from different people who've been here throughout different times about these, uh, squatting adventures. And also the day that, you know, the police also will notify the squatters. We are They, they send in like their goon squad. They're, uh, like the, the ones that, that, that deal with like the, let's say the de the demonstrators and, sure, the, and riot, the riot gear squad the riot gear the squad and they're kind of like like the way i understood it is you know they'll they'll get a warning and then if they're still there then the riot gear squad comes in and they like use the the, the water cannons and they're they they're they're kind of there to provoke uh the squatters as well i heard that you know they kind of are are in there to start fights and to do all the things that are kind of, you know, off the books. Oh, sounds uh, like that's a, that's a fun day if you're on the, on the Ryan squad. When it comes to like yourself or maybe other people, you know, in Amsterdam, 
What do you find the general feeling toward the police in Amsterdam is? I think it depends who you're asking. I think context is very important because just like just well, like I'm, in the States. I'm asking you and not uh, the Moroccan 19 uh, year old yeah. boy. Well, so obviously for me, uh, yeah, I, ha I have a lot of uh, trust in, uh, in the police in the sense that, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm never a person who gets stopped for, for, for no reason and whatnot. And I'm on, I'm on the good side of that, that line. But I you, could be, you could be mistaken for a uh, North African. Yeah, you know, sometimes I feel like I could, but but I but I but I I can't. Like I think I I dress too different. I I behave too differently. The moment I start speaking, you hear this American accent. Like there's just no way that I could be confused for it. Actually, I, I so, think you need to start teaching the young Moroccan boys to speak with American accents because in <laughs> my in my, my, my travel memory, the Moroccans more than just about any place I've been in the world are incredible linguists. Um, oh yeah. Just based on their location in, in the the world itself and the history of colonization and um, how things sort of evolve, uh, they have really picked up languages. Um, yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. That'd be almost a great documentary that nobody would watch. Um, exactly. No. You one. know, kind of like chasing uh, Abdullah or something. You'd call it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I bring it up. I bring it up in, in, a, in a serious fashion because. Even as uh, somebody who is not part of the oppressed class in America, I generally don't like the cops. And I mean like the cops in terms of like having an interaction with them. Yeah. I have found definitely in Chicago, but in many parts of the country, um, and this is not all cops, but it's definitely not a small minority that they're just dicks. It's like, yeah. it's like the United States Police Academy's have these like hidden signs that say join the police academy but really what they're saying in invisible ink is if you've always been a dickhead you know we want you um it's yeah. like they're always living like with this heightened level of suspicion and you like can't even chat up an officer or get like a yeah like, a jovial response and i'm not talking like talking to them in a tense situation where there's a fucking standoff with hostages or some shit like yeah that. yeah just just a regular hey how's it going kind of yeah, thing a regular yeah. dude on the cop on the corner you know i, I just like and, and and it's just getting worse you know right now in chicago uh, this is i think a great local story that i'm curious what your amsterdam folks would think the head of the chicago police union is saying that if the city sticks with their vaccine mandate for city uh, employees including police officers that um they basically will not show up to work and they'll lose, they approximate that at least 50% of the police force is not vaccinated in Chicago. Oh, wow. That's, not only uh, that, if they, it's going through a lawsuit now, but if they stick with the mandate and it's somehow overturned that, or not overturned, they're not even going to show up to work. Yeah. You know, and so it's that kind of mentality um, where you're like, fuck, man, you know, this, this is the kind of country we live in. Well, I think you're mentioning two things. One is the vaccine thing, which is its own subject. But you're—I think you're right. Uh, the 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 vibe of a police officer in the states is all about like respect my authority. It's it's not a joke. It's like they go through a relatively short amount of training compared to, let's say, Europe, 
uh, where I think police officers go through something like a year of training on average or, or even longer. And in the States, I think it's like a few months, like two to three months. Uh, and the big part of the training is to elicit this, uh, well, a result of the training. I don't think the training necessarily uh, is, is uh, fully to blame, at least not with the intention, but, but what, what comes out of it is that you're, I think you're being yelled at like crazy, you know, in, in these uh, police academies. And then they sort of become those dicks to other people when they come out of police academy. It's sort of, uh, I think it defeats the purpose uh, specifically of the, the how they did the training. Do, do you think uh, that's yeah, how- I totally agree with it. Do you think that's how we, at least in America, although maybe in, in Holland also, that we do a lot of things in our society, in other words, I did it so you had to do it. Like, I, I kind of think the college degree yeah. has been like this for a few generations. You know, most of the jobs that exist out there, there's no reason you need a college degree at all. Um, yeah. But it's always been required. And only just now, like in the last couple of years, am I hearing about certain jobs where they're kind of easing up on that requirement. And it seems like that's a classic example of we did it, so did you. Or, you know, an MBA or any kind of specific graduate degree, it's like, we did it so do you or in academia um if you didn't follow the the certain track that you have to go from you know assistant professor to professor tenured assistant dean if you don't do that you'll totally get skipped over and never considered for jobs at other universities um, yeah because they did it is that a similar concept that you see there uh that i don't know i think uh like uh, for me the biggest uh, differential was I once was doing a training at a police college in, in England, and they said the biggest difference is that in the UK, at least, and I think this is true for, for the rest of Europe, is police is more of a, uh, it's called a police service, whereas in America, it's called a police force. And that, you know, th that's an inherent difference when the police is there to, to really serve you, even though that's written on the police cars to serve and protect, but they are known as the police so force in the U.S., and that's how they behave. Yeah, I, I think that is uh, <clears throat> part of maybe what our struggle in America is right there. We, we, we're constantly living in juxtaposition or complete, like diametrically opposed to our own stated goals. And that's a great one that I, to think about where they are the police force, but their badges always say to protect and to serve. Um, you know, maybe the most famous one would be uh, America is supposed to be the, you know, a land of equality, but it's also the place where you are supposed to be able to, you know, pursue, um, you know, happiness and achievement. Um, and in that pursuit, it's kind of impossible to have equals. Yeah. Is that why you left here? <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to get uh, uh, free health, freeer health care. Isn't that embarrassing? Healthcare. Isn't that embarrassing to say? Like, I meet people here all the time that are like, "Oh, I, I got this job because the great health insurance." And it's like, for most yeah. people, you know, they're, they're relatively healthy. They go to the doctor, you know, once a year, and a doctor's like, "Yeah, you're fine. Come back next year." And yeah, it's like you're doing all this shit. I just found when I used to pay insurance out of my own pocket, it was easier to just be fucking not have insurance and just pay as I went. Yeah, when you're young, of course. Oh, there are just too I, many I, instances of, uh, uh, I mean, statistically, I think the most bankruptcies in the U.S. happen because of medical reasons. 
They do. They thank God we have Medicaid. So you could just, uh, you know, <laughs> just to show you have no income and go on Medicaid and then you can get everything you want done, including my favorite, a boob job, which I'm a. Uh, really? You can get boob jobs on Medicaid? That's amazing. I don't, I don't actually know if that's true, but it would be cool because <laughs> I, I could, you know, I feel like people who are against all these social programs are always looking for some isolated incident to show like, that's why you got to cancel that. Um, right. And so, right. yeah, I almost want to like go like fake, like a case of someone getting a boob job at Medicaid, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> some ridiculous looking person and, and just see how far we could stretch it. Did you, uh, did you travel to a different country in the last couple of weeks? <clears throat> I'm actually leaving tomorrow. Oh, um, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah gonna, this is why we, we said we'll have this talk today because you're on the verge of leaving the country. That was I, it. On the verge. So tomorrow I leave and I'm actually going where the show has to be cut short because I have to go to the airport like a good son to get my, uh, my stepdad and mom who are being flown in to take care of my kids so that I can leave. Uh, amazing when are they uh when do you have to leave i probably gotta leave for the airport in another 10 minutes um, all right all yeah. right and this all ties into the international travel uh everyone's worried about uh you know you got to take a test to come back to america to make sure you're covid negative right but Did because you, uh, america, where are you going the, the dominican republic or the, the dominican republic which uh is like the upper east side compared to haiti's uh bronx <laughs> Okay. So yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, there it's the same island, right? And uh, yeah. I, I heard that uh, Haiti is kind of unlucky in its geographical location. They kind of get all the the hurricanes and everything, and and Dominican Republic doesn't. And as yeah. a result, it's, the it's, DR has has relatively prospered compared to Haiti. And they get all the baseball players from the DR. They never come from Haiti. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. I would blame the French on that. Um, yeah. You know, because French people don't want to play baseball. It's been that's insane. a good point a really um, good point yeah but we, we we can we can't spend enough hours in the uh in the month talking about the the sadness of haiti but nonetheless that is why uh, people don't vacation there mm -hmm. uh and it might be a little bit of racism too because the dominican republic you know most of the people have that uh, cafe con leche skin color and in haiti they're just black um mm. and as we uh, know obviously from, yeah no just i was the gonna white, say the white from, gradients uh, key ingredients and you look at gentrification always happens in hispanic neighborhoods almost never happens in black neighborhoods yeah i mean we're so racist we won't even go buy cheap real estate in black neighborhoods with good locations yeah that's how racist we are that's how racist we are but if there, that's but if why i think uh go ahead. I, well i i always like the uh what's it called college, college grove is that what it's called in the green line what's it called the grove. Called college grove the street in chicago yeah a lovely name i'll meet you amazing on amazing name amazing location right at some point in time this was a probably a very fancy neighborhood maybe it's already back to being a fancy neighborhood but when i was living in chicago it was not do you have any fond memories of cottage grove i've never been there <laughs> have you been there were you, uh, yeah many times yeah uh, but it's okay. a long street it's a long street were you ever okay. uh were you ever, were you ever confused as being a, a black american no, I was never confused as being a black American. Did you, you? Ever date, did you ever date a black American when you were living here? I did not date a black American. Did you did think you? about it? <laughs> I didn't. Did you? <laughs> no. Uh, 
I, I think date is a strong word. I, I did I did try uh, on a few occasions picking up uh, black women in all all black uh, environments, like like black bars or black nightclubs, which I, which was always very amusing to me. How how well did it go? Never worked, but to me, I realized like my goal was just to be like kind of taken in in the sense of like be able to like have like a fun conversation with them. Um, yeah. You know, and, and but I but I I found that was the ostracize happened in any like I tried doing the same thing in like Indian places like beautiful Indian women but like these Indian parties it would always be you know Indian American guys and girls together and you I found white guys never stood a chance but it's fun yeah. to give it a shot even though you're probably going to lose yeah you could try the same thing in Amsterdam with the uh, Moroccan groups yeah I could yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just keep stalking the murderer. The, I'm sorry, the girl scared of the murderer. Yeah, um, I could do that as well. What, um, and so are you excited about, like, you're, are you leaving tomorrow? I'm leaving tomorrow, but I don't get excited until I get on the airplane. How about you? I don't find yeah. until I've, like, left the house and packed everything up, I kind of don't think about it. It's like, oh, I got all this shit I got to get done first. Yeah, yeah, similar. I, uh, yeah. Until I I, just, I I notice I generally don't get excited anymore, which is maybe a bigger problem. For anything? Yeah. So even I if you... Go no, no, wait, wait, wait. That's not true. That's not true. But I, I get excited for things that really don't matter. I will... I what will was the last... Like I, what was the last thing you got excited for? Uh, I got excited on uh, Friday last week when I okay. realized that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the night before and I could watch the whole game. Oh, is that because your boyfriend, uh, Tom Brady? <laughs> That's right. My boyfriend, Tom Brady. I think there's nothing uh, wrong with just being team. out in the open about your man crush. <laughs> Absolutely. He's a, hand, he's, a handsome, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. and uh, hey, he's, he's, a, he's a winner. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable feeling when you are a virile straight man to acknowledge dad is a handsome man and, yeah. and you and to do it and even though you want to afterwards be like and i'm not even gay you know you can't say that and so you have to just say it with a straight face and own it and i, I do think for a lot of straight dudes that's hard yeah I recently had something that was along those lines, but bordering on you probably couldn't talk about all where I saw a, a young boy like my son's age um, and his sister. And I was like, these kids were beautiful. Like they just yeah. they had like model looks like, you know, the, the eyes, the wow. jaw, the hair It was like and, um, you know, there's nothing sexual about it, but it did. But it felt weird to tell people like as a guy, like, Hey man, you see that, that guy, that's a handsome young boy. And like, <laughs> and, and, to, and to say it and not let and to not laugh and not be self-conscious. I found that'd be quite the therapy exercise. <laughs> it sounds like a, a, like a classic piece of dialogue from like Plato's life. Did you why, see why, that? Why, handsome, why, give, give, our, give our listening audience a, why Plato would have talked about that. Right, Plato, uh, and and most of the uh, because he was a pedophile. Say, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but that. that was 
you know that was a very accepted and it was it was i'm not i'm not uh i'm not knocking it right now i mean there's probably a a deeper argument to be made about it uh but uh but those were the times yeah um yeah and it's funny how that the entire construct of how we view that can be changed that even talking about that now with you know our own server who's located in uh, near Kyrgyzstan would probably kick us off the website. Um, probably. And, you know, a mere 2000 years ago, you know, you were uh, an apostate for not doing that. Yeah. Well, I, I, for one, I'm glad we moved on. Good. Me too. I like, I like titties. Oh, best, best titties <laughs> ever. Titties are great. Are you, uh, so yeah, so you're not excited yet, but you'll be on a plane tomorrow. Is it a direct plane going to the Dominican Republic? I, there's a layover in uh, Fort Lauderdale, which will serve to, uh, say hi, oh. to my say hi to my dad, uh, for the night before I uh, leave the next morning. Oh, I see. Are you leaving from there or uh, Miami? From, from there. Um, wow. And, and it's a amusing cool. trip, right? Cause you, we, there's, so there's 12 guys all in their late forties, um, and they're sort of split. Like I rented a, a villa, uh, you know, with a pool and a staff and like, you know, this whole thing, you know, like a real, real decadent time. And half the people like want to be with other people. Like they're thinking like they're young, single guys, even though they're married. Right. And the other half are like completely enjoying this, like not near other people. It's COVID, you know, just hang out. And it's really funny to see the certain people who, still feel like uh you know they're they, they want to like go relive the the years of their youth right forgetting what it's like to go to crowded nightclubs or crowded hotel bars or whatever the fuck there's a big crowd with which uh camp are you with uh i'm the one who pushed for you know no other people in the place just uh you know having a you know it's it's kind of fun with your friend just to hang out and catch up but um I'm surprised I'm not in the other camp and also surprised at the amount of people um, who feel they want to go to a whatever, you know, beachfront uh, wet t-shirt contest. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, so do you predict there will be uh, some, uh, some serious infighting about that? No, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be like a survivor which is going to break into two camps and you're going to have someone's going to lead the charge of the those that want to go out. Um, and I think of those people, there'll probably be one great story. Like, I think someone will get lost and not come home on the shared taxi and uh, might end up getting mugged, possibly ass raped. Um, and might claim they had a hookup story with a prostitute who ended up robbing them as well. Gotcha. That's my prediction. That's I don't know who that person will be, but out of 12, I think it'll happen to one person. Right. Like the hangover, okay. I think, was was accurate in the sense that something always seems to happen to one person, but nobody else. Right. That's true. OK, well, that'll be interesting. <laughs> are you are you putting bets on who that might be? Um, no, not yet. The pool hasn't opened. Literally <laughs> <Okay>. and figuratively. <laughs> um, but we're going to have to wrap it up for today because uh, someone's got to be the good son here. Short episode. Very cool. Good speaking to you. Uh, good catching up. Wishing you lots of success and few STDs on the island.
<laughs> Speaking of it, everyone's uh, we're requiring each of the people going to take one of those at home uh, COVID tests. Have you seen these yet? Uh, I have a couple at home, but I haven't used them yet. These are brilliant. They should have it for everything. You should be able to test for, you know, not just chlamydia yeah. and gonorrhea, but also like test yourself if uh, you're going to be gaseous. Because if That's you're going true. on a big oh, date, wow. if you're on a big date, you don't want to know that you're going to have a bunch of gas coming out. Completely agree. Like the home test should just be the thing that we do to find out everything. Yeah. Love anyway, it. so I'm hoping to uh, have some home testing going on for various things over the next week. Perfect. Okay. Thank so, you to uh, thank you to our audience and uh, any right. more thank yous thank you want to share? I just want to thank the uh, the good people of Amazon.com. Uh, you're always on time, and you're changing the economy for the better. Thank you, Amazon. This was a paid ad, but we do believe it. Thank you.